Hi, so thank you for joining me for this additional bit of teaching following on from what I shared on Sunday about the amazing truth of what prayer really is and how that leads us into moments, not just of asking for things, but of pure adoration as we're caught in the wonder of what prayer really enables us to do. And if you haven't caught my teaching from the service, then please do check that out. It's just before this on the podcast, or you can watch again on YouTube, you can watch the whole service. But do catch up with that first, because I introduced some ideas and some stories that I'm going to return to in this teaching. But, you know, we hear a lot written about the sacred and the secular divide, you know, sacred thinking about the things of heaven and secular talking about the things that are everyday, that are human, that are earthly. In church context, you might hear people talking about something called the natural. It's just another way that some people talk about the things that are part of our earthly reality. And the thing is, we know this reality really well. We live in it, we breathe it, we touch it and experience it every day. It's tangible, it's tactile. We know how it works. It's instinctive truth to us. We know the laws of this earth and how they work. But it's easy with all that immediacy and sort of tactile reality of the earth that we live in to forget that there is another reality another place that is just as real the sacred holy reality of the kingdom of heaven of God's realm and even in the Lord's Prayer the opening line starts out thinking of these two spaces in separate terms you know it says our father in heaven who is hallowed set apart, separate, distant, different from us. But it's expressed already another reality. God is Father. And our act of prayer, that approach that is explained and and put so succinctly in that very, very first sentence of the Lord Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is is one of recognising that actually that secular sacred divide just isn't a reality anymore. It isn't a thing because of what Jesus did for us. When Jesus died, he found a way to bridge the gap between our humanity so that we, as flawed, sinful human beings who fall way short of the holiness of God and the kingdom of heaven, we can approach God. We can bridge the divide without it being a problem anymore. We can come before God as Father with that kind of relationship. It's amazing. And, you know, there's a letter that a guy called Paul writes. He's one of the early Christians who travels around teaching people and explaining to people what it is that Jesus has done and how it has changed everything about the way that we can approach God, the relationship that we can have with God as normal human beings on the earth, the way that we can connect with heaven. And Paul calls it in Ephesians 3 a divine mystery. He's he's trying to express something of just how unbelievable this is. And I, I love the poetry and the passion that he writes with in Ephesians chapter 3. It's a real classic piece of text. And I, I'm going to be reading it from the Passion Translation, actually, which is a, a newish translation of the original Greek that Paul writes in. 
So if you want to follow with me, you can look that up online at one of the Bible apps. Or if you're looking in a different version, it might be expressed in slightly different English. But in the Passion Translation, he talks in verses 11 to 12 about what it was Jesus did. And he describes it as a perfectly wise plan destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ. So now we have boldness through him and free access before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. So Jesus' actions, his willingness to die for us, to sacrifice himself for our sins and mistakes, this means that we can approach God as Father with free access and total confidence because it isn't about anything we do or have to do. It's all about what Jesus already did. He finished things. He enabled us permanently. He created for us an access to God as Father that is just mind-blowing. And what this means is that we can hold two truths in our hearts that should clash with what we do in prayer, but actually don't because of what Jesus did. This truth of who God is in his holiness, his difference, his set apartness, and the truth of who we are, our humanness, our brokenness, our messiness, it is the sacred secular. Those two things that should be create a divide, actually enabled, joined, connected in this amazing, powerful way so that in prayer we can approach God. And it it is just amazing because I don't know about you, but I am far from perfect. I'm far, far, far from holy. You know, I, I mess up. I fall short. I get grumpy with my family. I can be selfish and ungrateful. I have a bad attitude a lot of the time. I can be really impatient. I make a mess of things. I make bad decisions. And I told a story in the service from Luke's gospel, Luke's writing and recollection of of the experiences that he had, the things he witnessed Jesus do when Jesus was on the earth. And he tells this story about a woman who comes to see Jesus And this is a woman who is fully aware of her flaws. In fact, so are the people around her because she is renowned, this woman. We we don't know her name, but we know that she's known for her mistakes. She's known as a fallen woman, a sinful woman. She's most likely a prostitute. She's somebody who people would have looked down on, turned their nose up on, maybe even crossed the street to avoid. She was someone so aware of how what she had done, decisions she had made, weaknesses and flaws about her life and her lifestyle, of how they caused separation. They caused people to literally step away from her, pull away, withdraw. She felt distanced and isolated by things that were outside of her control and things that maybe were or should have been inside her control, decisions she'd made, mistakes that she'd made, things that she couldn't undo. She perhaps felt trapped in a life that limited her. And that's why when she realises that she can approach Jesus freely, she is totally overcome with emotion and wonder. You know, in uh, Matthew's gospel, this is a different guy, Matthew, also telling his story of the things he remembers, the experience he had with Jesus when Jesus was on the earth. And he also tells the story of when Jesus taught the disciples the Lord's Prayer, this model for how to pray. 
But Matthew adds a little extra detail in some teaching that Jesus shared first. And one thing that Matthew uh, reminds us of is this. It's in Matthew 6, verse 6. This is, again, the Passion Translation. And he says that Jesus said this, Whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God. Now, obviously, there's a practical application of what Jesus is saying here. You know, he's talking about find a quiet room in your house to pray. He's comparing it with people who love to pretend and be flashy and impressive with their prayers and make sure that people could hear them and that they were stood somewhere nice and public so that people could see all their clever language and beautiful oratory, you know. And he's saying, no, 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 don't do that. There's something more authentic going on here. So go into your house, find a quiet room and be alone with God. But it's also a metaphor. The original Greek language shows that that Matthew's you've got a sort of that Matthew's t- telling the story of a double meaning of something that Jesus said. So he's talking about a practical reality, a tip, a trick for how to pray, but he's also talking about what prayer is. And the language that is used describes not just that inner room in your house, but your inner space, your innermost being the very centre of who you are, like your inner soul space. It's where your true self is, the reality of who you are. It's the part of yourself that you perhaps don't ever fully show to another human being. It's where your hopes and dreams and wishes, where they sit, the reality of who you really, really are when you're not putting on a show or making sure that you're impressive or look good for other people. And the amazing thing is in prayer that we get to open up that true version of ourselves with our Father. We get to withdraw into our inner space and share that with God the Father. In fact, the Greek word for prayer literally means to exchange desires. And when we approach God in prayer, we we spread out our hopes and dreams from our innermost selves And we exchange them with the desires of God, with the inner things of the heart of God. It's an amazing, intimate, honest, authentic moment. Because even though we're so far from God's holiness, with God the Father, we are truly known. But whilst in our human world, being truly known can be risky and scary and it can lead to rejection or people being disappointed in us. When God truly knows us, what we also find is true acceptance, true love, being truly valued as the people that we are, fully and honestly secure and safe with God to be and express ourselves. We don't have to pretend in any way. We find something with God the Father that can be so elusive through our human relationships. And that's what this unnamed woman has realised. You know, in human terms, that's exactly what she is. She's unnamed. That's the level of value that she had. She wasn't thought a lot of. People didn't even know her name. She almost didn't exist as a real person. But with Jesus, she realises she has value and she is loved and adored in spite of what she's done. And she knows that she's not perfect. In fact, Jesus tells Simon it's because of her awareness of how much she has been forgiven. That's why she loves and feels so much. In fact, he very pointedly uses the same Greek word. He says that much has she been forgiven, so much she loves. 
So it's her response to her experience and recognition of this unique relationship that she can have with God the Father. And and her understanding of how amazing it is that she can approach him so freely, just walk up to him, talk to him, physically touch him, have relationship with him. This God who previously would have been utterly unapproachable for someone like her. Because in the Jewish faith, in the world of faith and the experience of God people had before Jesus, people like her were literally cast out. They weren't allowed to come anywhere near God or the temple because they were seen as unclean. They were kept separate and distanced from God. But now she's realised something is changing. The difference between God's holiness and our humanness is, is being bridged by Jesus by this amazing man who was fully human and fully God and therefore covered the divide, bridged the gap. She's totally overcome by this and that's why she acts the way she does. It's why she does what she does in this extravagant act of worship and adoration. So what about us sat here in 2020? How does or should our recognition of all this change the way that we pray? And I want to just carry on and share with you some more from Ephesians 3, that amazing poetic piece that Paul writes about this, because he shows so clearly the response that this should produce in us. And I want to bring out three things that we see in the beautiful words that he writes. And they're three things that should lift as a result of our recognition of what prayer really is. So number one, it should lift our eyes to God. And of course, it should bring us to our knees. What it should do is trigger this instinctive outpouring of worship that we see expressed so beautifully in this woman in Luke's story about her encounter with Jesus. So Paul carries on in Ephesians 3 verse 14 and he says this, he says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. You know, first and foremost, there is only one response to the enormity of this truth, and it's an instinctive, heartfelt response, as that woman showed in the story that Luke tells us. It is wonder and worship. And it's awareness of two amazing things that Paul expresses. Firstly, just the wonder of who God is. This this Lord and Jesus, the, that, that perfect man who was both fully God and fully human, who was the Messiah, the person who saved us from our sins. And that combined with the truth that God is father to us, that he offers us that father-child, nurturing, loving relationship where we can be so secure, so fully known, so fully loved in spite of who we are. There's a natural instinctive worship that should flow from within us out of that truth. Number two then. It should lift something else. It should lift the lid on our potential and the potential of prayer. As we recognise what's happening, as we take our part in this amazing moment of connection between earth and heaven, between humanity and the holiness of God. So in verse 15 to 19, Paul continues with his own beautifully worded prayer. 
for the people he's writing to. He says, I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and failure until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is that love? How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurements that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love that pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Wow, I love how carried away Paul gets here. I love the way that he puts that. His obvious passion for what an experience of this love can do for us, but also through us. And note, this isn't just a one-off thing. You know, we experience it like, tick it off, we've done it now, move on. No, no, this is by constantly using your faith, he says. It's a continuous, constant, repeated living out and choosing to step into the reality of this. And prayer, every time we approach God in prayer, it is a perfect example of a way that we can do this. Every time you pray and you realise the enormity and the reality of what you're doing in that moment, what it is that's happening, you are living out and acting out an experience of your faith. You're stepping into something supernatural, that divine mystery that Paul talks about. And the more we do this, the more we practice it, the more we experience it, the more the life of Christ can be released in us and through us. And the impact of that, it becomes the thing we can build life on for ourselves. Like Paul says, it becomes the course and root of our life. And you know, there is nothing more secure in troubled, insecure and unpredictable times when the chaos of this earth can feel all too real, we need to root our lives in the one thing that is unshakable. And to, as Paul says, open ourselves up to the possibility of experiencing that in all its fullness. The endless love beyond measurement that transcends human understanding. This extravagant love for you that can come from God. You can connect with that and experience the reality of it more and more the more that you approach God in prayer and experience that connection of humanity and the holiness of God. I love that Paul says this love can fill us to overflowing. So many people are aware of, of, of an emptiness, a gap of something that's missing in life, an inner yearning. You know, it's, it's the there must be more that we feel sometimes in life when we're battling our way through something at work or doing a desperate commute, although right now some of us probably miss the opportunity to get to commute to work if you've been stuck home working for months. But, you know, sometimes just the, the daily grind of life on this earth, our secular reality, it, it triggers something in our innermost being that, that reaches out, that yearns for something more, that divine might 
that Paul talks about of God, our sort of inner instinctive awareness that there's more, that there's something of God, that there's more to life than this. But the only way to truly find satisfaction and fill that gap in life is to be filled with this meeting of our minds and hearts with God's mind and heart, being filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. And when we approach God in prayer, that's the space where that connection can happen, like plugging your phone in to the wall so it can recharge, so the electricity can flow into it and transform it, releasing the potential of what that device can be and do. When we connect with God in prayer, when we allow the fullness of God to flow into us, we release something of ourselves and we connect ourselves to something solid and secure and trustworthy and reliable in a way that things of this earth just aren't. And number three then, this should lift the potential impact of our prayers and it's about what happens when we connect to that fullness of God not not for us it's amazing what it does for us but what happens is that fullness flows in us but it also flows through us and we become sources of that divine power and potential that flows from heaven through us so that it can have an impact and influence on this earth Paul continues in verse 20 of Ephesians 3. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energises you. You know, some of us, three months into lockdown, well, three and a bit, we're, we're tired, we're exhausted. We are so aware of the limits of our human potential, our human cleverness, our human energy. In prayer, the reality as we cross that secular sacred divide is we tap into something infinitely more powerful, infinitely more full of energy, infinitely more full of possibility. We lift the lid on the potential of what can happen on this earth. I mean, it's later in the Lord's Prayer, of course, isn't it? On earth as in heaven. Imagine what could happen if that could be true. You know, I opened this uh, session thinking about the tangible reality of this earthly world. And here on earth, we like to live in some illusions. We believe some white lies about life. Uh, For example, that we can control everything on earth, that we can keep our loved ones safe, that bad things only happen to bad people, or if we do things right, we can escape life's challenges and disasters. But we know in our heart of hearts, this isn't true. This earth is messed up. And in times like the ones that we are living through right now, we're aware of that all too starkly. There are dark things on this earth. There's difficulty, there's distress, there is evil. And we desperately need the things of heaven expressed on this earth. We need to see God's power and authority spoken into the places and the spaces that we live and exist in on earth. Imagine if all the things that God is in his holiness and separateness, imagine if those things could be released on earth. All that goodness, all that love, 
that light, the life, hope and healing, happiness, celebration and joy. We so often limit the potential of prayer because we don't realise what it truly is. We're limited by our human earthly perspective and we forget that what we do is we approach the God of heaven and we reach across the divide to connect earth and heaven. We offer ourselves up as vessels to become carriers of the supernatural living God. The more we can realise what this is, the more we step into this. this. This should lift the lid on our prayer life. Because why would you not want to do it? Why would you not want to release more of that power and potential of what God can do on this earth into the people and the places and the spaces and the situations and the challenges and the blockages and difficulties that you see and that you're approaching God for? So there's a potential impact for us and the people that we connect with this constant energizing. And there's one last thing that I want to end on, which is really a little bit about the impact that it has on us as well. There's a very famous thing that Paul says about prayer in another one of his letters. It's Philippians 4 verses 6 to 9. And I'm just going to read you the NIV translation because it's the one that probably people most often hear quoted. And it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, in that passage, the word that Paul uses, which is translated into English as anxious, It's one of my favourite Greek words because it's so beautifully expressive of something we experience on this earth. And many of us will have had this experience in the last three months. It describes what happens when the level and complexity of what you're feeling like you're carrying, just the sheer number of things you're dealing with, the responsibilities you're juggling, the worries on your mind, the things you have to achieve, the plates you've got spinning. There are so many things. It feels like they're pulling you in so many different directions. This Greek word describes what happens when your mind feels like it's literally being torn apart by so many things because it's pulled in so many different directions. The weight of this world can feel so much sometimes. And Paul says, you don't have to feel like that. You don't have to carry it all yourself. He says, when we come before this supernatural, mighty, holy God, when we cross the divide between earth and heaven in prayer, we hand these things we carry in our innermost being over to God and something amazing happens and we can access a peace beyond human understanding, something that transcends our human experience. He says it in Ephesians 3 too. He talks about the endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. And that's what this earth needs. That's what we need in our humanity. That's what the situations we pray for need. We need something that transcends the human, something bigger, something better, something beyond human cleverness. That's why we approach God in prayer. We need the God of breakthrough, the God who can make the impossible possible. That's what we do. That's why we do it. And that's the reality of what prayer is and what it can release on this earth. 
So in week two of our exploration of the reality of prayer, let's remember that. And remember that we start our prayer time, therefore, with a moment to pause and wonder and to be caught in adoration and worship for that amazing truth. Because it is that that changes everything and it's that that means that we should be drawn to prayer and it's that that means we should long to pray and love to pray and live to pray, to cross the secular sacred divide, to connect earth with heaven, to bring the things of God and the promise and potential and hope of God into the human situations that we want to tell him about, the things from our innermost being, the worries that we have in our heart and mind, that as we present them before God, everything changes for us and for those realities. As earth becomes transformed by the power of heaven, It's an amazing, amazing privilege that we get to come before God in prayer. So Father God, we thank you for the truth of this. And Lord God, fill our minds with this reality, with wonder at it. Help us to appreciate this divine mystery. It feels almost too big for our human minds to grasp and comprehend. But help us to get it. And more than that, Lord God, help us to be transformed by that realisation, to develop a hunger and a passion for prayer, to see the things of heaven expressed on earth, to see your power and potential released in our places on this earth, to see things change as we exchange our desires with your desires and as our willingness to step into them in prayer brings the possibility of true transformation on this earth. So we open ourselves up to you, Lord God, and we present our lives before you. We say, use us. May we become better carriers of your supernatural presence, Lord God. Amen.